Praise the Lord. This is Evangelist Julius Adewumi of the Gospel Distribution Ministry. Today I'm going to continue the series on actions of faith. And uh, in Hebrews chapter 11, it was defined for us that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtain a good report. And in verse 6 of Hebrews chapter 11, he said, But without faith it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. As I always point out, that last phrase is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. We must diligently seek him. If we say we believe, we must diligently seek him. And the same goes with actions of our faith. Every story that we have pointed out in the scriptures of people getting miracles from the Lord Jesus Christ showed some diligency in seeking what they wanted. We talk about the story of the woman with the issue of blood, how she pressed through the crowd just to touch the garment of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is diligently seeking Him. Diligently means you consistently do it, consistently do it, consistently persevering, persevering. And that is what you see in that woman trying to reach the cloth of the Lord Jesus Christ when He was on going through the crowd. It was diligency. She may have to stir up upon some stones, but she actually got what she wanted by touching. So that diligence is what God is also talking about. If you are going to seek the Lord, you have to be diligent. You can't do it for just for two weeks and then give up for the next two, two more, three more months. You are no more doing seeking the Lord. It is consistently seeking the Lord. Consistently seeking the Lord. Consistently seeking the Lord. Then God said, He will reward you because you are diligent. I remember starting praising the Lord when it was introduced to me many years. Since I started it, I've done it every day. Praising the Lord in the dead of night, maybe waking up at 3 a.m. to sing praises and to pray. And it has been profiting. Why? Because when I started it in 1970, I can remember, 1970 something, that somebody introduced that to me and I started praising the Lord in the dead of night, waking myself up with alarm clock. Angels have manifested after I praised the Lord in the night. Angels have visited me and have given some of those testimonies. And many other visions, dreams and that the Lord will do, will give to me after the praising the Lord. It may not be every day, but because of diligently doing that praising the Lord every night, so many weeks may pass by and there will be another visitation of angels. Many months may pass by and there will be another spiritual visions or dream. That is rewarding me because I was diligently doing that, praising the Lord every night. So the same way I introduced to many more people that have done the same thing and the Lord was rewarding them also. So if you take upon yourself to wake up in the dead of night to pray, to intercede, to redeem the time. You say, well, you can wake up when you sleep. You can wake up, you have a alarm clock to wake yourself up. Try alarm clock. 3 a.m. is where I started. I was set it up for 3 a.m. and the alarm clock waking up. I just rolled over from my bed on the floor on my knees and started praying and singing praise to God. But if I realized that I couldn't keep myself awake, then I chose to stand up and go outside the room and stand on my feet for five minutes. I started maybe five minutes, then it's 10 minutes to 10 minutes. Very soon it was one hour. 
because the Lord made me to enjoy it, rewarding me for being for doing it diligently. And that has been it became like I was addicted to that now. After so many forty something years of just diligently waking up every night and praying and praising the Lord. I'm saying this not to glorify myself but to tell you to do the same. Do the same likewise you'll be surprised how God will send angels to visit you after that singing, after that praying, after interceding. Of course the devil will try to stop it. They will try to attack you but when I started also the devil tried to stop it. And but the angels came and put the devils away and I was able to continually do it. Up to today I will wake up sometime 4 a.m., sometime 3 a.m., sometime 6 a.m. before I go out. But you do it diligently, you will be rewarded bountifully, as the Bible said. Now, I'm going to go in this example today to another story of actions of faith. Actions of faith. How our faith must show some proof that you really believe in the steps you took to get what you want to get. I'm going this time to the stories in the Old Testament of the prophets. Let's go to the second, second book of Kings, chapter 5. In this story, we are going to analyze what is faith and how does this man exercise faith. How did this man called Naaman the Syrian? The story of Naaman the Syrian, Naaman was a, was a general in the army of Syria in the days of Elisha the prophet. And we're going to read that story and see where actions of faith was shown. Because this is what we can say it was because Elisha the prophet was there, but it was not really just Elisha the prophet. That's what we are trying to point out. It was the faith of these people coming to Elisha in the first place and not giving up. When she wanted to give up, those people that came with him encouraged him to go do what Elisha said. Those are the faith that we are talking about. Those steps are critical. If you don't take those physical steps, nothing will really happen. So, it's not, it doesn't matter whether it was Elisha the prophet, or it was just a believer, or it was the Lord Jesus Christ himself. If those steps of faith were not shown, God will not do the miracles. Remember the story when the Lord Jesus Christ came to his own city, Nazareth. The Bible recorded that he could not do any wonderful works among them because of their unbelief. So then you can see it doesn't matter whether it was the Son of God Himself that was present. If, they, if there is unbelief, he could not do wonderful works. That's what the Bible said. And so it doesn't matter whether it was Elisha the prophet that was there. That was why this miracle happened. No. Or it was because of Elijah the prophet was there. No. The logical referred to this story. And when Jesus Christ referred to it, he was, he was blaming the Israelites that didn't get their lepers healed because they did not go to Elisha. You have to have faith in, some, in somebody, have faith in what God said. This man, Naaman, it was his faith that made the miracle happen. That's really what the Lord was saying. And he said there were many lepers in, in Israel in those days and none of them was healed. Did they know about Elisha the prophet? I believe they knew. Because that young girl that brought this news to this Naaman's house was also an Israelite. If it, the news was not there that Elisha could do some signs and wonders, how did she, the girl knew that? Let's read the story. So what we are saying there is when Elijah was 
was indicting the Israelites when he came to preach. They said there were lepers in the days of Elisha the prophet. None of them was healed, which means they knew about Elisha could do this and they didn't come to Elisha the prophet. That was the indictment. Because how will they know? Because this young girl knew that Elisha could do something. Not so. Let's read the story. So our faith is essential to get miracles. And our actions of our faith, even if those lepers in Israel believe that something could happen if they go to Elisha, and they did not go to Elisha, then nothing will happen. They have to take the steps. Because these men also could have believed when they heard the story and said, yeah, there was a prophet, a prophet can do it, and but they have to go to look for that prophet. If they did not go, nothing will happen. There will be no story to tell. So let's look at this story of Naaman. So you can see what we are saying is still actions of faith is essential. Chapter 5 of 2 Kings from verse 1. Now, Naaman, captain of the host of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master and honorable because by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. He was also a mighty man of in valor, but he was a leper. And the Syrians had gone out by companies and had brought away captive out of the land of Israel, a little maid, and she waited on Naaman's wife. Now, this little maid that was like a slave or a prisoner of war, what you can call prisoner of war, but she was let, given her freedom to be just helping in the house of Naaman. She didn't try to run away from, from them, because whatever it is, they said she was a, a little maid that was captive. So you have said she would have been angry at the people that took her captive, but no, she was not angry, she was diligently serving. Maybe they treated her well, she was giving good food, living in the house of the general, also. So, most likely better than where she was living in her own family in, back in history. But nonetheless, she saw something and she was going to testify to the God of Israel. That is the key thing here. Testifying to the God of Israel is what this young girl did in this story. Verse 3. And she said unto her mistress, Would God, my Lord, why will be prophet that is in Samaria? For he will recover him of his leprosy. So this young maid, they call her a maid, you know, maybe 12 year old to 17 year old, who knows. That was a really prisoner of war, a captive, but she was living with him. And she became like a, 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 a maid for them. And she noticed that this, the master of the house was a leper. Whether it was just just fresh leprosy, not that not the type that has eaten all the fingers or so, maybe it was just fresh and she could have just leprosy, and they were bandaging everything, and she told her mistress, she said, "Would God that is, if uh, she knew that God could do this thing, God could help, but this man, if she could, if the man can go to that prophet in Samaria, how did she, that is what I was saying in the beginning." How did she know? Which means it was no more a secret that Elisha, the prophet in Samaria, had been doing wonders, miracles, healing. That was how she knew. So if she knew, all the other lepers in Israel should have heard about Elisha, the prophet, who 
help them also. And that was what the logical was referring to when he was preaching. That said, there are many lepers in Israel. None of them was healed. Although we believe that they didn't go to Elisha. And like Christ says, a prophet is not recognized in his own hometown, among his own kin. They were doing the same thing to the Lord Jesus Christ when he came and he visited them in Nazareth. So he couldn't do much. The Bible says Christ could not do any great work among them, save that he lay hands upon some few folks with, me, with, with minimum sickness. But this girl in this story was able to believe that Elisha the prophet could heal a leper. So she confesses to the wife of this Naaman that will God my Lord, that is my, the master Naaman, while with the prophet that is in Samaria, for he will recover him of his leprosy. That is testimony. Now, verse 4 says, one person went in and told his Lord. I mean, they heard him saying it and they were concerned that maybe that's possible. Somebody went and told the king that somebody said there's a prophet in Samaria that could help General Naaman. Because they, were, they knew that this disease is nothing they could cure. Nobody knew how to cure it. But when they heard that this, this little guest said it, they went and told the king. It was not even Naaman himself that told the king. See, and one went in and told his lord, that is Naaman's lord. That is the, that is the king of Syria. Saying, Thus and thus said the maid that is of the land of Israel. Verse 5. So the story, the testimony of this little girl got to the ears of the king of Syria. Because they needed help. They all wanted this man to be killed. That is concern. They all got concern for this general. There's nothing they could do. There's no doctor in their land that could do anything. And the general was getting worse and worse with that leprosy. It was a shame. But then they heard that this little maid said there was a prophet in Samaria that could do something. And they went and told the king of Syria. Because Syria and Israel were enemies, so to speak. Syria and Israel, they were enemies. They were always having war. That was why they went and conquered and, and attacked some villages and took this girl. Okay. So, but the king of Syria wanted to exercise his, his, uh, his, uh, his dominance. And this, this is what he wanted to do. Say, well, if there's somebody that could help, they were going to stretch our hands towards Israel, whether by force or by appeal or something like that. So he wanted to search, stretch forth his hand or do show his dominance. So the king of Syria in verse five said, "Go to, I will send a letter unto the king of Israel." So he sent a letter to Naaman to take to the king of Israel. So he departed and took with him ten talents of silver and 6,000 pieces of gold and 10 changes of raiment. Now, Naaman wanted, you know, if someone is going to help you, they came to pay for it. The doctor, they are ready to pay for it. This is not war, really. They just come to be helped. So they came to pay for it. It's a, doctor, a, a prophet, he might need some payment. So they came to pay for it. So he got as much as he could carry of silver and the gold and the clothes, things that they use for payment in those days. And he brought the letter to the king of Israel. Now, this is where we are talking about exercising of our faith. 
like we are saying, because the story is not just to tell you the story, but to see how faith acts. If you say you believe this thing, you've got to act on your faith. Now, the testimony of this maid is what they heard. Look, like what I said in another sermon, some people don't believe the testimonies in the Bible. They think they were stories made up or this or that. But yet, they will believe the testimonies of some scientists who are not there when they said there was a big bang. They just believed those testimonies and wanted to write off the story of the Bible and try to believe the scientists' explanation how the world came to be. That was also a testimony of some scientists that said they found some fossils or they found some, some things that make them theorize this way. It is their testimony. You either believe the lies from those testimonies or believe the truth from these other testimonies of what God said that they heard him say that was written down for us in the Bible. The same thing, this lady, this little maid, had a testimony. Where, did she see Elisha heal the sick? Most likely. Or she just heard Elisha did it? Most likely. But she believed it. Now, when she was in the position to tell the story, she told them in the house of Naaman that if Naaman could go to that prophet, he would cure him of this leprosy. So it was a testimony. So now, the faith part of it is Naaman the king of Syria, and all those people, they believe this thing. You mean they believe in a maid that they conquered? Well, there is nothing else they could do on their own land. So they believe this too, that if they can go to that prophet, this man will be made whole. So that's why they took the step. The question is, believing it is not enough. They, suppose they say, oh yeah, I know prophets can do things like that, but they never try to go there. That will just be a faith that does not act. But if you want to show that you believe, you've got to take some steps. If you really want this thing. So this is the steps that we are seeing. Even the king of Syria took the steps and said, he must have believed that there is a prophet that can do, prophets can do this thing. Well, let's send you to that prophet. Even though he sent him in the wrong direction to the king, but at least they are taking some steps. So that is, first thing is, take the steps of faith. And that step is, go seek this fellow out. And it's almost like the people that came to the Lord to look for the Messiah, the, the, the newborn king. They say the Magi, they came from, from the east. But you see, that was faith. They believed what they saw in the sky and they came seeking him. But you see, they went to the wrong place first. They went to Jerusalem, asking from the king, Herod, where is this man that was born, the baby that was born? But see, they took their steps first to go seek him. So that is why faith must take steps. To go seek what you want to get. And don't just stay with faith or with believing alone. You've got to believe and then take the step to show that you really believe. Now, Naaman came with this gold and all this raiment and he, wore, he brought a letter to the king of Israel in verse 6. Now, when this letter is come unto thee, this is the letter written to the king of Israel. Behold, I have therewith sent Naaman my servant to thee, that thou mayest recover him of his leprosy. See, that was his funny letter sent to a king that the king should recover the leper. Almost like looking for trouble. Looking for... And that was exactly how the king read the letter. Verse 7. It came to pass when the king of Israel had read the letter that he rent his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and to make alive that this man just sent unto me to recover a man of his leprosy? Consider I pray you, and see how he seeketh a quarrel against me. He just thought this is a, this is a trick. He wanted to start a war. 
and say, do this or I'll come and attack you. That is how he read it. If you don't do this, I'm going to attack you. Kind of he said, well, this, is, this man is seeking for, for glory against us. And uh, that was just going in the wrong direction anyway. But they actually believed that there was a prophet that could do this thing. Only they went into the wrong direction. We are talking about faith, the action of faith that must be shown to God for God to do the miracles. Verse 8. And it was so when Elisha, the man of God, heard her that the king of Israel had rent his clothes, that he sent to the king, saying, Wherefore hast thou rent thy clothes? Let him come now to me, and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. Now you may say, How did Elisha know that something was happening in the palace of the king? Well, Elisha was well respected by this king, and Elisha always have servants that go back and forth and maybe perhaps some of the servants of the king heard about this thing and they knew that a, a leprosy and they also believed that Elisha could help they ran to Elisha and told the story and Elisha perhaps could have seen vision that it was the Lord that was sending this man through testimonies and that they were actually seeking Elisha the prophet not the king so Elisha could have seen all of those before that happened by a vision from the Lord so he just said well don't rent your clothes send him to me and they will know that there is a prophet in history. Now, the faith of Naaman and his crew is what we are really talking about. Because it takes some faith to even travel from another country to this country seeking for healing. Seeking for a prophet. That was faith. Because you must diligently seek the Lord, like the Bible said. And God will reward those that diligently seek Him. They didn't know they are actually seeking the God of Israel. They thought they were just seeking the prophet, but see, it is the God of Israel that will do this miracle. And God respected them, even though they were pointing their faith in the wrong thing, in the prophet. But the God of Israel will respect them because it was the testimonial to the God of Israel rather than to the prophet of the God of Israel. So now we go to verse 9. So Naaman came with his horses and with his chariots and stood at the door of the house of Elisha. And Elisha sent a messenger unto him, saying, Go and watch in Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. Now that to a big man, a general of the army, that looked like an insult. Yeah, it sounded like an insult. Number one, this prophet, because that is how many people look down prophets they look down ministers of the gospel they look down pastors also that are actually servants of the most high god but the men of the world the the powerful men of the world instead of humbling themselves before god most of the time not always most of the time they look down on the servants of god they are thinking them they are just ministers of a church or they are just a uh, prophets that are needing some some donations and things like that and of course some of those ministers or prophets have done have downgraded themselves to that situation but if you know you are a servant of the most high god the king of kings the lord of lords you should not be a beggar or not like a beggarly person begging for help from those powerful men that is why they look down on those ministers so when a servant of god like that therefore just didn't even come to visit a big man they feel offended thinking the servant of God is proud. The servant of God is servant of the most high God. 
when you are nothing compared to the Most High God. So that is one of the reasons why Elisha, when he sent messenger to Naaman, for him to just go to Jordan and didn't come out to meet him, Naaman felt offended. Because he remember, I am the general of the army of Syria. Even though he was a leper, he forgot that he was a leper, which was a shame in itself. But see, that was just a personal thing he thought. But he was thinking, hey, oh, general of the Syrian army, this beggarly prophet won't come and see me. You see, this prophet is not a servant of man. He's a servant of the Most High God, the creator of all things. That is creator of your soul. So that is one of the reasons why Many times, human beings, they look down on the servants of God, but it should not be so. If you put them in high esteem, fearing God. So, in verse 11, the Bible says, Naaman was wrath and went away and said, Behold, I thought he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand over the place and recover the leper. Are not Abana and Fafa, rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Now it's becoming nationalistic. It's becoming nationalistic. It's thinking of the, our nation is better than your nation. Our country is better than your country. Well, it's not a better country or better nation. If that is the case, you, why do you come to seek for help in this country? See, people always forget when pride comes, they forget all those details. So he forgot all of those. Now he's becoming nationalistic. It's not our rivers better than your river. Why couldn't I go wash in that, my river and be clean? You think his river is going to clean me? See, but you see, they, and that is how he felt because of the pride that suddenly came upon him. That pride began to become nationalistic. Okay. He said, May I not wash in them? And be clean. So he turned and went away in, in a rage. So you can see it is not the faith of Naaman alone that helped him here. The faith of all of them together and that God really wanted to help him out. See, many times it's God's work. When God wanted to do something, he will do it and stay, send you help. When it looked like uh, you have almost blown it, because it looked like Naaman has blown it right here by turning away and going away in rage. But God sent him help by the friends that came with him. All his, uh, his subordinates that came with him. Verse 13 says, And his servants came near and spake unto him and said, My father, they call him father, If the prophet had bid thee do some great thing, would thou not have done it? How much rather then, when he said to thee, Wash and be clean. So these people, sometimes, I want to point this one out also. Many times, your friends that you work with may be your helper or they may be your distractor. So choose your friends carefully. Choose your friends carefully. The scripture says, but, uh, some people say the birds of the same feather, they flock together. So make sure you choose your friends carefully. And in many other Bible passages say that you shouldn't go with uh, wrong friends in the book of Proverbs. So that is one important thing. This man, if he has come with some unbelievers, that have already thought that it was a waste of their time coming all the way from Syria to this place. When they saw the anger of a Naaman, they would have said that that's what we said when we left. This is a waste of our time. They would have discouraged him further. But see, they were people that were humble enough to believe that if they can come this way, this man can do it then. They also believed. That's why they came along with him. 
Now he wanted to turn back and go away in rage and they came and calmed him down. So many times your dilemma may be the people around you. That's one of the reasons why you have to choose the type of congregation, the type of pastor that's preaching to you. What is he putting in you? Faith in God or faith in prosperity? Faith in God or faith in self? So if you are not being boosted up in your faith, you better turn to those who are going to boost your faith. So it may be the group you are associating with will be your trouble or they may be your helper. So that's something that you think about. Now when the Nehemiah family went and got himself into the water and his flesh came back in verse 11 and he came back to give testimony to God. And that's where we are going to stop this story. Just pointing out some key things that faith must act. Like you saw in the story of Naaman, he acted his faith by coming, number one, and coming with the right kind of group of people. Your friend may either help you or they may be the one to, to push you further into, into the garden. So choose your friend carefully. Let, them, let, let it be friends that are boosting your faith. Choose the congregation you go to, the pastor you listen to carefully. Are they moving you closer to God or closer to the world? Choose the type of people you are listening to. Christ said this, he said, be aware of what you hear and how you hear it. So that is how I'm going to leave you today. But the Lord Jesus Christ loves you and he wants you to exercise your faith and act that faith. Take the steps that is necessary to get your miracle. Take the steps that are necessary. It may take some strong, diligently taking that step. If it is praying, if it is going to some place, if it is prayer or seeking the Lord, you must take those steps and the Lord will meet you when you see that you are faithfully, diligently seeking Him. He rewards those that diligently seek Him. And this has been Gospel Distribution Ministry, Evangelist Julius Adeomi. And I would like you to write to us so that we can send you some more exhortation on the internet www.gospeldistribution.org gospeldistribution.org If you send an email, send it to juliusa at gospeldistribution.org juliusa at gospeldistribution.org God bless you.